The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today, expert knowledge is so highly valued that we learn to lead first as the expert whose mastery of the details helps teams solve problems. Eventually, as your leadership role expands, expert leaders find themselves in a role where others know more. Details are no longer so accessible, and decisions are made without a full understanding. Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. It's time to find out how to make the transformation smooth and flawless. Now, here is Dr. Wanda Wallace. Welcome to the show. This is Wanda Wallace. Today, we're continuing their series on emotional intelligence. What is it? Why does it matter? How do you get better at it? And particularly today, we're going to focus on what it means in terms of leading a team, how you use it in practice in leading a team. Really pleased to have Heidi Diamond joining us today. Heidi specializes in building great teams that build great brands, and she has had a fascinating career history. Currently, she's CEO of Frederick's Choice, which is an e-commerce business centered around all things flowers. Before that, she was in television and media at the game show at um, president of television at Martha Stewart Living, executive vice president of AMC Networks, and she's been part of Scripps Food Network, helping to create brands such as the Iron Chef. And if that's not enough, she's an adjunct professor of marketing. So Heidi, welcome to the show. Thanks, Wanda, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here together with you. Thrilled to hear your experiences. So I have to start at the very beginning, Heidi. You have had a quite fascinating career. It makes sense in terms of looking at it all the way through the sequence. But what have been the top three, one or two highlights of the career from your point of view? You know, I think that they don't teach you when you're in business school how to navigate waters when the top talent of an eponymous brand goes to trial and then she goes to prison. And I guess I would say I'm most proud of steering the broadcast division that I ran as president of Martha Stewart through pretty difficult waters, um, uh, through uh, lots of blood, sweat, and tears. We diversified, created, pitched, produced, found new revenue streams, expanded internationally, and then we architected a plan for her to kind of rise from the ashes like a phoenix. Um, and all of that should be a good case that they teach in business school. And, having, and being a professor, in, a graduate school professor, I, I for sure would like to craft that case study. I can only imagine. We're going to talk about that one in a bit of depth because I can't imagine what it would be like to lead a team at that moment when you feel like everything has come to crashing end and then you've got to inspire, ignite, reinvent, create, and have come through it. I mean, I think the amazing thing for the entire Martha Stewart enterprise is that it succeeded through all of that one. Let's... I want to shift away from that one for just a minute. We're going to come back to it and talk about it. 
and to talk about EQ and the ways in which EQ have been powerful for you and in your successes in your career. So just as a simple framework, emotional intelligence or EQ is bad emotions, awareness of yours and somebody else's, the ability to regulate your own and the ability to influence somebody else's as a simple version. And to quote somebody from Josh Friedman from a former show, there's information in the emotion and can you tune in to what that information says, both yours and others? So has EQ been important to your successes? And if so, how? I, I have to say that um, particularly in dire situations, such as the one that we're, you know, we'll talk further about, it was so tantamount to, the, to getting through very difficult times to keep a clear head and to be calm, to recognize the anger that the team was feeling, somebody had let them down terribly, there, there was fear, there was anxiety, there was very high-strung emotions, and there was um, so, such uncertainty about the times that the only thing that you could do was tap into uh, t- to those uh, tools that you have and that, you know, that could help you with the transformation of um, of the team at the time. So EQ has always been at the forefront of what I do, n- not the least of which was at that particular time. All right, so let's focus on that one for a minute. You've got, I can only imagine, the staff coming into your office regularly, um, hysterical. Is my career over? What do we do? Should I stay? Should I go? How did you stay calm in the midst of all of that? You know, people like being in the foxhole with me. I have to say, I had a, a former mentor. She was the um, she ran Nickelodeon at the time. Her name's Jerry Laybourne. She's gone on to a great many other things. But she said to me once, "You only love impossible challenges." And I I know that I'm really good in crisis. I don't know where that came from, but I just know that I can figure things out. Um, and I became the buffer, the fixer, the cleaner, the provider, all at the same time. And, uh, you know, with extenuating circumstances, not the least of which the, there was press, there were business pressures, there was, we were a public company, it was necessary to just be fierce and focused and find some degree of a sense of humor at some point because levity was needed frequently. And wine helped. I have to say <laughs> wine helped. <laughs> A sense of humor. So, you know, we often talk, we've known for decades that leaders in the midst of a crisis who can stay calm um, amplify that calmness throughout the people that are working for them and instill a sense of confidence. And it is that that kind of helps keep the momentum going. And we certainly know we can see it and some people have it and some people don't have it. Um, We know how important it is. But any advice for developing it? I mean, is there anything that you've done in your career that has helped create a sense of calm in the midst of chaos? Um, I I think it's something that is innate, although that's not to say that it can't be developed over time. Um, And I hate to sound all all airy-fairy about it, but breathing helps. And I I, uh, use a term, I chunk out things so that they seem um, a 
attainable. And it's the same way I'll, I'll use the metaphor. If I'm on a double black diamond and there's a zillion moguls and I'm thinking, how the hell, heck am I going to get down here? I just take it chunk by chunk. And that helps quell anxiety, I find, that makes things uh, attainable, approachable. It doesn't seem so overwhelming and daunting. And I, um, I myself utilize that as a practice. And I, as a team leader, I give the same type of advice. And I said, let's just break it down into small pieces on, and what we have to achieve today, tomorrow, six weeks from now. So I, I guess that would be the tip that I would give is to use my chunking methodology. I think I, I know you're right that the ability to breathe um, and that, that is a calming influence on yourself and taking that pause kind of helps as well. But I also hear this same advice about being able to break it into small size chunks. I was working with a group this week and we were talking about change, how to create change with people who are resisting it, don't want to do it. And my belief about change has always been that I need that you need to get people moving. And that means take the first step, make it a small, simple, doable thing. And that's what you mean by chunking it out, mm-hmm. making it into bite-sized pieces that we can see the first progress on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, I like the, um, the bite-sized uh, reference. Uh, these days we talk about snackable content. And if, if I think about just snackable achievements... Um, I think that's a good mindset for people. Okay, very good. All right, so that's you keeping yourself calm, one step after the other step, giving people something to do, getting them focused. How do you deal with everybody else's emotions? So you have folks coming in in various states of hysteria. Any advice (laughs) there? What would you do? You know what? Sometimes you just have to be forgiving of their frustrations and just let them vent and just let them explode have their moment, get it off their chest, listen, and then calm them, shut it down and calm them down. And, and frankly, focus their attention on the work that has to get done. Even though the sky is falling, there's still the step one, step two, step three that has to be achieved. And I find that, um, you know, getting their heads back steeped into what has to be achieved and finding their self-accomplishment self, self um, uh, accomplishment in doing that is, is very helpful in quelling some of that hysteria. All right. So now I was talking with someone recently about um, individuals coming to the manager's office and constantly complaining, 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 complaining. And that gets old. We all know it. We've all seen it. We all see individuals who just can't stop the moaning. You must have had a lot of moaning. Um, Did you find any techniques in particular other than focus that helped people move from the negative to something more constructive? You know, I don't mean to be callous when I say this, but sometimes you just have to say to them, build a bridge and get over it. They've had their time to vent. They've had their time to express their concerns. You've been empathetic. You've worked with them. You've redirected them. Um, But the boat is leaving the dock, and unless you're going to, you know, make it onward, then 
perhaps it's time to find another place to hang your hat. Okay. And there just has to come a time where, uh, you know, eventually you have to draw a line in the sand and move on and, and move the team on because otherwise that's just too much of a distraction and too much of that is, is just going to make the team fail. Okay, so I get the sense then that there is the ability to keep yourself calm. Partly you do from a sense of humor, partly mm-hmm. you do from the ability to breathe, and partly you do by just being focused on what has to happen next and then next and then next. So into snackable sizes, in effect, of action, then you can see progress. But you use that same technique also in working with others, that you let them have their moment, let them have their emotion, whatever it is, positive or negative, be empathetic to it. But then there comes a point at which, again, you have to focus people on what we're going to do now and what I need you to do in this next bite-sized piece. I also think that, you know, I learned long ago that you cannot wear your heart on your sleeve. And particularly in times of crisis, you know, in order to convey confidence and convey sense of purpose that, you know, you've... It may be a really tough time, but you've got to um, show strength in yourself, and and that's when true leaders do emerge. Is when it's really rocky waters. That's um, this reminds me of um, an earlier show that we did. With Peter Wright, and we were talking about his experiences in the British military and what it's like the first time you come under fire. Uh, Literally, somebody is shooting at you, hoping to kill you. You're leading a group of soldiers, and they're looking at you going, okay, boss, in effect, what are we supposed to do now? And that need to stay calm. And his comment was that you have to convey confidence in that moment of crisis because they're looking to you. And if you can stay calm, slow down your voice, steadily reassure them, get them focused on what to do, that strengthen yourself, it's really what helps people follow you through that crisis. And otherwise, you're all going to end up injured or dead or some variation yeah, of no, the theme. I, I, I totally concur. And I find also that particularly when people are having these emotional outbursts, I find that modulating my voice is always helpful to help diffuse the situation too because emotions run high, voices escalate, sometimes things are said in anger. And uh, honestly, I believe voice modulation is a really helpful tool to, to help in those kinds of situations. All right, and so by modulation, do you mean just lowering the tone of your voice, slowing down the pace of your voice? I do, and also in... Um, further projecting calm mm-hmm. in in those kinds of highly charged scenarios that um, because I'm an excitable person and particularly when things are going great, I am the biggest cheerleader, whether it's, you know, uh, somebody's got a new idea or somebody's got, uh, you know, a, a good piece of news to, to share. I'm, uh, I'm boisterous and, and um, like I said, I'm a cheerleader. I was a cheerleader as a kid. I remain a cheerleader. And that furthers uh, people's confidence and people's productivity and people's goodwill in, in the workplace as well. Um, and it's those kinds of moments I find that the teams that I've always led kind of relish is when 
I get so excited because they just feel so gratified from that. All right. So I have from you, Heidi, we're going to take a break here too. I have from you, Heidi, but the, the need to show emotion as a leader. There's the showing emotion of excitement and enthusiasm and passion and commitment when that's appropriate to the circumstance. And it's just showing the emotion of the calm certainty in moments when it is a crisis in your leading. Absolutely. That sums it up really well. Fabulous. All right. We're talking with Heidi Diamond, who's currently CEO of Frederick's Choice, but who we've been talking about um, Heidi's time at Martha Stewart Living Omnimedia um, during a time of particular crisis, and especially the notion of being able to keep a staff focused on the next immediate deliverable, the bite size, the snackable content, in order to get them moving ahead through quite an emotional time. When we come back, we're going to pick up and talk about another chapter in Heidi's life and the impact of EQ on building the team. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. 
Welcome back. I'm Wanda Wallace. With me today is Heidi Diamond. Heidi is currently CEO of Frederick's Choice, but she's had a long history in television and media, including president of television for Martha Stewart Living. We were just talking in the last segment about a time, the time when Martha Stewart is going to trial and going to prison and what it is like to try to lead the team and the brand through that process and keep everybody calm in moments of crisis. And my favorite takeaway from Heidi's comments there are the notion of giving people the time to have their emotions and then focusing them on what has to happen next. So it's in small, bite-sized pieces that we're going to do this next and then this and then this, and it becomes something that's quite doable and it redirects the emotion. So Heidi, one of the things that we uh, that you say about yourself and others say about you as well is that you build great teams that build great brands. So I want to talk about what's the secret to building a great team. And in particular, I'm interested in how emotional intelligence plays into building the team. So how do you do it? So if I think about my secret sauce and what that recipe is like, I'd say it's twofold. First and foremost, I know that I need to find those team members that are going to complement my skills and that have strengths where I don't have strengths. I know exactly where my weaknesses are and where I need to ensure that what I can't do, others can do and do it in a really strong way. Uh, I'd say another thing that I, um, I definitely ascribe to is Years ago, I was a lowly marketing manager for a fast food company, and it was a Friday afternoon, and all the big shot advertising executives in New York were away because summer Fridays uh, in Manhattan, and a ton of things had to happen, and there was no one there to aid and assist in doing it. And there I was, sitting on the floor of the office that I had at the time, stuffing envelopes with television cassettes and radio cassettes of commercials. And it wasn't my boss, but it was my boss's boss who said, what's going on? And he recognized that I was swimming in the need to stuff envelopes. And darned if he didn't sit right down on the floor with me and stuff away. And similarly, I had another boss who came in early years ago and hand-tabulated research questionnaires with me because of a presentation that we uh, had to give. And it was those, uh, they were both great shows of kindness, not to mention that it just showed that there was no, uh, they weren't exalted in their positions. They weren't so high and mighty that they couldn't get down in the trenches and help the rest of the team, or in this case, it w- I was a solo person, but those, those memories have stayed with me, and there's not a day that doesn't go by that I'm not down in the trenches with just the team. It doesn't matter what their position is, who they are, or what it is, but if there's a job that has to get done and there's help needed, I am certainly the, just another set of helping hands that can roll up their sleeves and, and get whatever the task is done. So those, those, those are, I guess, the key elements of my secret sauce. Um, I think that shows that, uh, that, that I'm, I'm not a believer in hierarchy. I'm a believer in collaboration 
And many minds are better than just one single mind in terms of, of moving things ahead. Great. Now, I want to make a distinction in something you said, particularly in that last part, the willingness of bosses, bosses to stop whatever they are doing and to get down on the floor with you and stuff envelopes or tab uh, data, tabulate data. We often talk about, particularly in this show, when you're getting out of the area of expertise and into a more generalist role, that you want to be careful that you're not getting down to get in your employees' ways and telling them how to do their job. And so what you're talking about is getting down to be the minion to just do the mechanical labor so that, in effect, the employee is directing you as a manager on how they need help and where they need help versus trying to do the job. And I think showing that and affording them the opportunity to be the boss, in effect, or to be the leader or to, you know, have that moment in the sun. I mean, it's their particular area of responsibility. So they feel like they, you know, have this sense of of responsibility, I think also furthers their self-confidence, adds to their self-esteem, you know, helps them develop their own managerial skills. Uh, there's plenty of... of tasks, and, and I don't mean to make them just all about physical tasks, but there's plenty of things that people are better at than I am, and I'm happy to be the one that's helping them to get, uh, to get that A in the class. I mean, that's part of my role, too, is to get everybody to help each other to get ahead in the class. That's great. Help each other to get ahead. All right. Now, we all know, most leaders will say that you really do need to find people on the team that complement your skills and so that they cover your weaknesses. Wise advice, nothing new in that advice, but it's often easier said than done because often the person that is strong in your weakness can be a bit of an irritant. They keep pointing out those details that you don't actually really want to do yourself as an example. So any advice on how you stop to listen to those that are complementary to your weaknesses? I think uh, being able to establish how best you're going to work together and having that dialogue and recognizing um, that you might like to come in early and have everything on a checklist and I'm all in the clouds. And recognizing that we have differences in how we get things done um, and having that clear dialogue and distinction right off the bat. So I'm not an irritant to somebody and somebody else isn't an irritant back to me. I think that helps. I also think, again, I just have found humor and, and uh, to be a strong tool in the arsenal. And, um, and I can, in a very nice way, in a funny way, uh, outline to somebody if uh, our, our particular styles are clashing. Okay. So I can imagine that sort of in effect contracting, if you will, here's what I'm like. Here's what I want from you. Here's what's going to be easy is not easy. And at least you open the dialogue that you can have later going on when it's when things are not quite so smooth. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to ask another question. Do you ever find that emotions get in the way? 
Well, I think that particularly in highly charged situations, they do. I mean, uh, you know, as fe- I, I work with a lot of females. Females do cry. I don't think there's anything the matter with that. Uh, oftentimes people say that that doesn't, that doesn't show strength and that doesn't, you're not supposed to, yeah, you're not supposed to cry in the workplace. But you know what? People do. And sometimes they need to cry. And sometimes that's the only way that you're going to understand what's troubling them or, or how you could help them. And I don't find that at all a problem. I don't find that a weakness. I don't find that, um, I don't look upon somebody in a different way if, if they need to get that emotion out. I recognize that it's bottled in. Um, and sometimes it's just I, it's the only way that, that you can understand where the problem is. So I think again, emotion, that's, I, I was just going to say, I think emotions get in the way when you can't let it go. If it's, it's something that you just can't let it go and you keep coming back to it and back to it and back to it. And sometimes you just have to say, we've got to move on. And whether it's in yourself or somebody else, you either agree to disagree or it's noted, it's, uh, we've done whatever we can to deal with it, but now it's time to move on. And you're, you've, you know, there's a threshold that either yourself can stand if it's your own emotion or you as the leader can tolerate if it's somebody else's emotion. And it's, uh, you know, derailing what it is that has to be achieved. All right, so I like that notion. It reminds me, um, again, the show with Josh Friedman, we were talking about some data on emotional intelligence that he had collected, quite a large database and analysis, and he said that women are showing in their database to be stronger in understanding the emotions of other people and having empathy, but that men are stronger in the ability to let it go and move on. Obviously, lots of overlap between male and female, so I find that interesting, and I agree with you. This ability to say, I want to express the emotion, i got to get it out, but there's a point at which we have to move past it into action. And uh, again, I, I, I use that expression, build a bridge, get over it. I like that. Build a bridge, get over it. I'm going to let that become a motto. Um, the um, I just want to say for the record, I hear from managers, by the way, that men cry as often as women cry, that emotions are just part of the package, and that when you're dealing with people in high performance and high demand and stressful circumstances, emotions happen. Mm-hmm. I'll also say that when people are in tears, there is information in that, and it's better yeah. to pay attention to what that information is rather than try to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Heidi, fascinating conversation. We're going to take another break. Um, When we come back, I want to talk about a third chapter in your life, which is when you go to join a company where the culture of the company is completely different to your background and upbringing and how you use emotional intelligence to get through that. So with me today is Heidi Diamond. Heidi is CEO of Frederick's Choice which is a flower um, e-commerce brand focused on all things flowers. And she's had a number of experiences over her life in media and television and in branding. We'll be right back. (music) 
We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. Hi, I'm Sam Nussbaum, WellPoint's Chief Medical Officer. We proudly support the March of Dimes mission to improve the health of babies and fight premature birth. We're helping the March of Dimes fund breakthroughs in research and community programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together to provide children with a healthier start in life. Visit marchofdimes.org. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. I'm Wanda Wallace. With me today is Heidi Diamond. Heidi has had a very fascinating career. Currently, she's CEO of Frederick's Choice, but she's been in television and media, and we're about to talk about time in food networking. Just to um, capture a comment that Heidi made in the last segment and pick up on this one, I get the sense, Heidi, from you as a leader, that you're really pretty comfortable with your own strengths and weaknesses, that you're really good at finding people who are not the same as you and contracting with them on how you're going to work so that that doesn't become an irritant, that you're good at recognizing the emotion of people on your team and working for you, even through some very difficult times, and also good at pulling a close to that emotion so that you can get on and get other things done and get focused. Sounds like great. I, we'd, I think we'd all love to work with you. All right, now we'll go back to an earlier time in your career, early days, and uh, when you went to work for Hardee's, which for those who don't know Hardee's, it's a fast food company. That is part of my native heritage in the South. At least that's where some of this began. At any rate, Heidi, you're a native New Yorker, Jewish, 
and you joined this enterprise, Hardee's. That well, is, <laughs> it, which which was uh, headquartered in the South. I'm not a native New Yorker. I'm a native East Coaster. My family's okay. just. I grew up just outside of Washington D.C. But um, funny story. Uh, I stopped eating red meat when I was in college. And here I am, and I am a marketing manager for a, a pretty notable fast food company. And I must say, it was a great company. And in addition to that, I learned so many princi- excellent principles and practices about marketing and promotion that to this day I still use. But first day on the job, I get in the car with three, and I mean this in, in not a pejorative way, only the most loving way, but three good old boys. And yes, you're right, I'm an East Coast Jewish girl who doesn't eat red meat. And off we go to some test restaurants in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And they were testing the mushroom and Swiss burger. And our mission was, this was pre-internet, pre-all kinds of communication tools. We had to go and see if the customers were liking what we were putting forth, what, what impact it had on the operations, et cetera. And it's the winter, and it's snowing, and the windshield wipers are on, and there's, the gentlemen are smoking in the car, and they're talking about football, and meat-to-bun ratio, which was terminology I had never heard before. And sure enough, we get to the first restaurant, and they quarter a mushroom and Swiss burger, and we all take a taste. And I haven't eaten red meat now since I was in college, which was a few years uh, ago. And we get back in the car, and there's more conversation about football and more heat and more windshield wipers and more smoking. And we get to the second restaurant, and I make the bile is now rising in my stomach, and I make a dash for the ladies' room, which is locked. And I promptly vomit in the men's room, which my boss's boss came in and witnessed. So I made quite the first impression, you can imagine. But obviously, it was a, a combination of nerves and, and I think just nerves and the temperature in the car that caused me. But while I was in this cultural, different organization, it was the first time I had ever experienced anti-Semitism. And I've never experienced it since, not as directly as I did then, but it was really clear that both as a female and as a Jewish person that I was a fish out of water. And the only way that I could figure out how best to navigate in those situations was to deliver. And, and I'm, I can be quite the maverick and deliver I did. And I was really proud of those accomplishments too, because I had the most million dollar restaurants within the chain. And I wasn't part of the good old boy crowd. I wasn't part of the boys club. I wasn't invited to the football games but damned if I didn't end up running the NASCAR sponsorship that Hardee's did. Again, something that's very near and dear to the hearts of Southern fans in terms of the racing circuit. So that's just a fun uh, memory that I have of being quite the fish out of water. 
I guess, Heidi, when you have gone through that experience and you're standing in the men's room because you can't get in the ladies' room and your boss's boss has just seen that it kind of can't get any worse than that. <laughs> well, it, it, you know, I ended up doing very well at that company. It, and, um, and like I said, it, it brings me great pride when I think about what I accomplished and also what it taught me and how it shaped, you know, my strengths as a marketer all these years, it was really that foundation um, uh, uh, that I was able to achieve there. Great. So fabulous. Um, and it is, before we make everybody think that it's a bad company, it is really a lovely company and some it's lovely a, people and great experiences for you. Now, absolutely. looking back on that, any advice kind of in retrospective on how to navigate that when you find yourself truly a fish out of water? It has to be uncomfortable. Yes, you deliver, but any other advice on navigating it? Yes, never, never never conform. I'm such a believer in nonconformity. Never compromise your principles. Never compromise your beliefs. Never. And it's because of that, that and, and my conviction in that, that I've, I've always stood out in circumstances and I've always succeeded as a result. And I would say style as well as substance has never steered me wrong. Okay, so style and substance. I love that. Now, at the time, you know, the guys were all talking football and they're all going to the club and, you know, families are all getting together in the way that this old boys network usually works. Did you feel left out? Were were there moments when you were worried? I was never worried. I definitely could feel the exclusion, but maybe that's why I am so all about inclusion and that uh, I'd much rather relish the differences than uh, keep, keep them out. Um, I definitely felt excluded, but I never, it never bothered me, and it never, I was unwavering on what it was that I wanted to achieve. Okay. So, again, we're focused on the goal. We're focused on getting where we want to go. Um, did they come to accept you? I, I recognize you Not didn't turn accept, into one of them. I, I was heralded. I I was uh, the one that the the people wanted to work together with. They wanted me to, to put forth programs on their behalf in their various regions. I I became quite the superstar. I have to say, if I can toot my own horn, um, and I just, I, I just didn't let some of those other. I, I can't change attitudes. I can't change beliefs. All I can do is produce and deliver, and deliver. I did. Okay, and stay true to yourself in the midst of it. So it's not yes. about trying to transform you. It's about mm-hmm. improving your skills, growing your capability. And, and letting my difference be the thing that people, you know, want something, want, want to touch, want to feel, want, want to, people like to, to hang out with me. They like to, to do business together with me. I guess, that's great. you know, a lot of that is, is I, I, that's definitely confidence that I know I have. It's not cockiness. It is just confidence in, in believing in myself and believing that I can can get ahead. 
And were there moments when you doubted? Because when you're the when you're that much a fish out of water, and especially earlier in your career, it's easy to let your confidence take a hit. Were there moments when you lacked confidence? I think probably my competitive nature took over and you know, I like adversity, and despite a lot of adversity, you know, uh, my former mentor, Jerry Laybourne, said, you only like impossible challenges, and I think that's true. If you tell me that the wall needs to be moved tomorrow, I have no idea how to do it, but don't you know when you come back tomorrow, that wall will be moved. <laughs> I get it. I can imagine how many impossible problems we throw you against all the way around. Fascinating story. I love this notion, Heidi, that you find yourself in an environment you wouldn't have quite expected or predicted, that it's about as different from you as can be, from the red meat, the male, the southern the fast food, the NASCAR, the smoking. I don't know that there's much difference left that and religion that we could have um, identified and that you didn't try to conform, but that instead you stayed true to yourself and didn't let your confidence take a hit and just dug in to stay focused on the goal and what do we need to get done and to deliver. And then you found people coming towards you because of what you could offer for them. Fabulous story. We're going to take a break. That's inspirational for me, at least. We're going to take a break. I'm talking with Heidi Diamond. And when we come back, I want to talk about the ways in which she has seated leadership in her team. So we'll be back in just a few moments. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you want more information on the coaching and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. If you are interested in finding out more, you can also purchase a copy of the forthcoming book or any of Dr. Wallace's current books by clicking on the links under the resources tab on our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're also sure to find some handy links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone. To reach Dr. Wanda Wallace or her guest, call into the program at 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to wanda.wallace at leadershipforuminc.com. 
Now, back to Out of the Comfort Zone. Welcome back. I'm Wanda Wallace. With me today is Heidi Diamond. Heidi is CEO of Frederick's Choice with a long history in television and media, and as we were just learning, a history in fast food as well. Um, Heidi was just talking about a fabulous point in her career, a huge learning and something she's very proud of, a company she's proud to have worked with as well, where she really found herself a fish out of water in just about every way you can imagine. And the secret to success there, from her point of view, was to not conform, but to stay true to herself dig in, deliver what she needed to deliver, and not lose her confidence along the way. And it has led for both her own development as a marketing person as well as I think her development as a leader. So Heidi, what I want to do right now is focus on how you develop leadership in your own team. And there was a time when you were at Food Network where you tried to seed the leadership within your team. Tell us what you did and how you did that. Well, fun fact, I tore my kitchen out and made it a closet. Truth, I'm a New Yorker. Closet space is coveted. I don't cook. I I know a lot about cooking, particularly after having worked for various companies that I have, but I don't cook. And it's not a strength of mine. Uh, I have really good ideas. It's just not, I don't, I can't execute. And so I was the leader of a team at Food Network, and we had a bunch of things that had to get done. And I thought, how do I bring everybody together? And how do I do some team building where I'm not going to shine? We could have gone outdoors and done survival of the fittest, that kind of outdoor expeditions. A, I'm athletic. B, I'm competitive. That's no good. We could have gone to somewhere and whiteboarded a bunch of things. But again, I would have been facilitating, and that wasn't a good idea. And way before food competition shows came about, my aha moment was, let's let the teams... Let's have the team, we'll divide up, there will be two separate teams, the goal is we have to make each other lunch, and within those two separate teams, there'd be an appetizer team, an entree team, a side team, and a dessert team. And through that, I was able to see where where natural leaders rose to the top, where those that don't want to be leaders or want to be just part of the group, where they shook out, uh, where when there were too many cooks in the kitchen, to use that expression, where we faltered as a team, where we fell down, not to mention that we did get into the cooking wine, so that added an element of, of levity, I guess, to it. But we, were, we used the kitchen staff as our judges, and we were under a time crunch. And so there was a deadline, and we had to get something accomplished. And it was a great demonstration of the good, the bad, and the ugly about the team and how we learned about working together with each other. Um, and yes, we finally had lunch. We didn't starve. Nobody got burnt. We finally ate. Mind you, it was a little later than the time frame that was to be allotted, but there was a lot of learnings that came out of it, and it was a good way of demonstrating it. Um, 
The other thing is in terms of just finding ways to take people out of their comfort zone. I've, I've worked for a long time with a lot of creative people. And people have to be able to pitch their ideas. Producers have to pitch their thoughts. Even those that aren't required to, to have... Um, you know, to be on like that, they, they, people have to have the confidence to be able to be heard and to be in front of large groups and to, to pitch with conviction and to convey their passion. And so years ago, I would take everybody and we would go to improv. And the improv studios would, the people that were running that would help and they would put us in weird situations out of our comfort zones. And it was through that improv exercise that, uh, again, it further established people's own confidence. There was a sense of fun about it. There was a sense of uh, uh, building self-esteem. There was a sense of camaraderie as a result of it. Not everybody was, was, everybody was at the same level. Nobody had acted before. Nobody had been in this kind of comedic scenario. So everybody was on the same level playing field. And it was a, it was just a, a, a good demonstration on how to get comfortable, how to make everybody get comfortable in areas that are a little less comfortable for many people. I love that. There are two things about this. Sorry that. um, So first off, we all know that going off and doing a team exercise and getting out of the office is often helpful. But what I find fascinating about your story is that you intentionally chose things where you were not strong either so that you're not leading the team it allows others in the team to step up in more natural ways. So I find that fascinating. And I also find fascinating that you want everybody to be out of their comfort zone because that is the stretch. That's the growth, and that's where you get to really see the dynamics come to play. Uh, you articulated that much better than I did. Thank you, Juan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. Um, real quickly, before we close today, do you have any last tips for people on how to develop more comfort with emotion, theirs and somebody else's? I think you have to... I think you have to be... Tr- I, I will. I'll go back to saying be true to yourself. I, I Natural intentions come out. Natural feelings of empathy come out. Uh, you know, I'm a fierce, focused, and fun female. I bring all of that to the table. Um, that's who I am. Uh, what you see is what you get. So uh, um, I, others will have their own set of Fs to characterize them or something else quippy, but I, I think being true to, to your own beliefs and and how you want to be treated and respecting people the same way. Fabulous, Heidi. Thank you so much for being a guest today. This has been a great conversation from my point of view. Um, I think if I look back on the conversation, there are a couple highlights for me. One is this notion that as you're developing your emotional confidence, there is a bit about confidence in yourself and awareness of yourself with who you are and where your strengths are. And you just said that again about being true to yourself. And I think the key highlight takeaway in one sentence for me is this notion that we want to allow emotions. We want to understand the data, the information that's present in the emotions 
emotions, let them out, but that we have to build a bridge and get over it, meaning we have to get focused on an action and then move forward. And I think that sort of summarizes the hallmark of what it has been for you to lead a team. So again, thank you. And thank you for having me as well. And and uh, I hope your uh, the audience will share with me and and the and the rest of the audience other good ideas that I can learn from. Absolutely. Next week, we'll be continuing in our series on emotional intelligence, and I'm going to be talking with Tomas Chamora Premuzak. He's CEO of Hogan Associates, a researcher who's been in the field of emotional intelligence for years, and we're going to talk about how do you measure emotional intelligence, how do you improve it, and is it possible to have too much of it? So please join us. Thank you again for joining us for Out of the Comfort Zone, Tune in again for another edition with Dr. Wanda Wallace next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Take charge this week.